Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and yes, in some cases, offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. You know what? There's adult content ahead, and you've been warned. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I'm your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, eerie, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, avast me hearties, we're doing a show in honor of National Talk Like a Pirate Day coming this September the 19th. So I've scared up a few tall tales for ya. So with that said, we will be still playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. That choice of libation, as always, is yours. So choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say pirate, that's going to be a single shot. And every time I say treasure, that's going to be a double shot. Now make sure you have your pirate shot glass handy. And I'm not talking them little swabby single shot glasses either. We're pirates, damn it. So fill it up. And you know what? Where's the rum? All right. Now that the business end is out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma and tales of pirate ghosts and lost cursed treasure. And who knows, I may top it off with a few startling facts about pirates. Arr! <laughs> One popular element of pop culture nowadays is that of pirates. Many just can't seem to get enough of these swashbuckling, rugged renegades, and they have made their way into books and films filled with their adventures. Yet, as interesting as all of the fiction might be, Sometimes, the reality is even more so, and also more sinister. Today, we're going to be taking a tour of some various places that are tied into the pirates of yesteryear, and which hold adventure, intrigue, dark history, ghosts, and cursed treasure. So, buckle in, my hearties. Our first stop today is the shores of Charles Island in the U.S. state of Connecticut at Silver Sands State Park. Say that five times fast. Hopefully you don't have a lisp. Silver Sands State Park. I'm sorry. And just offshore from the town of Milford. The island itself is rather unassuming and nondescript. Just a slash of uninhabited sandy rocks connected to the mainland by a sliver of a sandbar that fades and reappears with the tides, measuring just 14 acres in area and where nesting flocks of birds lazily lounge about without any human interference. But although one might not think much of this place, it has a very dark distinction of having been cursed 
three times throughout its history. The first time begins with the local chief of the Pogasset tribe of Native Americans, who, according to legend, was so upset by the invasion of white settlers that in 1639 he vehemently cursed the island to never accept the whites, to shun them, and cause their structures to disintegrate and blow away in the wind. Interestingly, the land is indeed rather too unstable for building, building permanent structures upon, and it has in fact never been inhabited for long despite failed efforts in the past. This curse was enough to keep most people away from the island for quite some time, but not everybody. In 1699, the legendary Scottish pirate Captain William Kidd stopped by these shores and supposedly offloaded a huge trove of stolen treasure here supposedly cursing the treasure to bring misfortune and death upon anyone who would try to dig it up. Before sailing off on his final voyage towards Boston, that would end up with him captured and finally executed for his numerous crimes. The third curse of this so-called thrice-cursed island was supposedly brought to the island in 1721, when a ragtag group of sailors stashed a treasure within the earth here that had purportedly once belonged to the great 16th century Mexican emperor Huatmozin, who had ominously cursed his treasure shortly before being tortured and killed by Spanish conquistadors in 1525. The sailors had apparently stumbled across the treasure hidden away in a cave in Mexico and stolen it, after which they be they'd been immediately beset by misery and woe. The curse would kill four of the five men who had discovered it, causing the sole survivor, fearful of when these dark forces would finally come for him, to dump it at Charles Island in a panic along with its insidious curse. It is unknown how much truth any of these sensational stories have, and no treasure has officially ever been found on this speck of land, despite numerous efforts by treasure hunters to locate it. But there are certainly some wild tales about the treasures and the curses. One popular local piece of lore is that two treasure hunters actually managed to unearth a hoard of treasure on the island in 1850 but that as soon as they opened it, they were met with fierce blue fire shooting forth and were attacked by the intimidating presence of an immense flaming skeleton that bore down upon them from above. They managed to escape, but are said to have had their sanity subsequently degrade and corrode to the point that they spent the rest of their years locked away in an insane asylum. It's a creepy tale to be sure, and to this day, the island is often mentioned as being haunted by the ghosts of natives and even Captain Kidd himself. Whether any of this lore holds any truth or not, it's all very creepy and very fun. Another island with its share of dark history, buried pirate treasure, and sinister curses is Foley Island in the state of South Carolina, located just across the harbor from the city of Charleston. 
The island began its grim trudge through a violent history with the extermination of the original tribe here, the Bohickets, who allegedly sort of disappeared due to disease and fighting with settlers during the 1600s. In the 1700s, this place was the haunt of pirates, who would use it as a base of operations from which to launch brutal forays out into the crowded trade route passing by, killing crews and stealing loot. Indeed, the notorious pirate, Edward Teach, or more properly known as Blackbeard, was said to prowl these waters and was a regular visitor to the island. Foley Island was struck with terrible tragedy in 1832 when a passenger vessel called the Amelia was wrecked here on its way from New York to New Orleans. The survivors found their way to the beach on Foley Island, but no efforts were made to rescue them as there was a deadly cholera outbreak creeping through their ranks. All 120 survivors of the ordeal were left to rot on the island one by one succumbing to the elements, hunger, and cholera. In later years, the Civil War would bring even more death. In 1863, there was vicious fighting between Union and Confederate forces around nearby Morris Island, and many of the wounded were brought to a field hospital that was set up on Foley Island, which was used as a staging area during the war. For an untold number of these badly injured men, this was their final voyage, and to this day, various unmarked graves for these lost soldiers are turned up from time to time, with no way of knowing how many more of these poor souls were buried out there and forgotten. Making it even more ominous is that some of these bodies have been found, minus their skulls, for reasons that no one can explain. The tale of the cursed treasure of Foley Island has its origins in the Civil War as well, when a group of Union troops landed here to make final preparations for a push into Charleston. At some point, they came across an old woman and a child, holdouts who had refused to evacuate in the face of the Civil War that was tearing the, er the area apart, even though all other residents were long gone. According to the tale, this woman told an officer named Yoakum that she had seen pirates bury six chests of treasure between two oak trees right behind her own shack, and then they, that they had killed one of their own and tossed his body into the pit with it. This was tantalizing to say the least, but the woman warned that the treasure was guarded by a pirate ghost that would let no one approach. That evening, Yoakum allegedly decided to go off in search of the treasure anyway and took a bunch of digging tools and a fellow soldier along for the ride. When they reached the location the woman had told them about, there was apparently a fierce and mysterious wind that began to howl and blow with such force that they could barely stand, seemingly getting stronger the deeper they dug, all punctuated by bright flashes of light like lightning only with no accompanying thunder. The unsettled men stopped their dig, and it was then that there was a spectacular blinding flash of light that revealed a spectral pirate standing there, unfazed by the wind and glaring at them with malevolent intent. As the ghostly pirate stood there, framed by flickering lights all around him and stinging wind-blown sand, 
Yoakum and his companion allegedly dropped everything and ran out of there as fast as they could. It is said that the spectral pirate still guards the treasure to this day, and either nobody's found it, or they've not lived to tell the tale. Of course, it is very possible that this is all a bit of lore mixed in with history, but it is undoubtedly a spooky story either way. True or not, both Foley Island and Morris Island are said to be intensely haunted, and the apparitions of pirates, Civil War soldiers, and natives are often reported from the area. Finally, we come to the tale of the legendary 19th century French privateer and pirate Jean Lafitte, who had a tumultuous and colorful history. Jean, along with his elder brother Pierre, had a very successful smuggling operation based out of Louisiana in the Gulf of Mexico that spread out into piracy, and they became a major nuisance for merchant vessels in the area. The whole thing was eventually brought to an end by American naval forces in 1814, who captured most of Lafitte's fleet. But the cunning pirate made a deal, agreeing to help them if they showed leniency. This would turn Lafitte into an ally of General Andrew Jackson, and he would play an important role in a major battle at New Orleans against the British, which would be the last battle of the War of 1812. Lafitte then went on to become a Spanish spy during the Mexican War of Independence, before returning to his old ways by starting a pirate colony at Galveston Island, Texas, called Campeche, and becoming a major thorn in the side of the U.S., a wanted man once again, man after my own heart. Lafitte would continue his pirating ways up and down the coast of Central America for the rest of his days, finally dying in 1823 when he bit off more than he could chew and was killed when he tried to raid a heavily armed Spanish vessel, leaving in his wake tales of hauntings and lost treasure. Not long after Lafitte's death, there was speculation that he had left hidden treasure caches all over the region surrounding Galveston, Texas, as well as his other old haunts throughout the Texas and Louisiana coastline, and on occasion, there have been some rumors of people finding some of it. Some coins from Lafitte's day have been found at various such places, such as a place called Grand Terre, an island on Lake Bourne, and at Gretna, Louisiana. Yet, so far, no one has found any major treasure trove, and there are supposedly vast caches of Lafitte's treasure along the Marmontal River, the Classiao River, the Sabine River, and Fowler's Bluff, Florida, all places the pirate was known to frequent. To this day, Lafitte's treasure has been a popular target for treasure hunters, both amateur and professional alike, and there are occasional claims to have even found it, but so far, it all remains mysterious. Anyone who wants to look for it themselves, though, should beware as there have been stories that the coins are cursed and have brought misfortune and strife to those who find them. Speaking of Jean Lafitte's old haunts, if some stories are to be believed, he has all new haunts now, literally. Lafitte once had a modest blacksmith shop on Bourbon Street in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and it is here where he purportedly spends most of his time in his, well, afterlife. The building, which is now a bar, has a long history of Lafitte's ghost appearing, always on the first floor. 
The ghost is said to be what is a full-bodied apparition that reportedly appears very real and lifelike, to the point that some witnesses have mistaken him for an actor wearing a period sailor's outfit, only realizing they are looking at a ghost when he vanishes before their eyes. Lafitte's ghost apparently never interacts with anyone and never speaks or makes any noise, merely staring from the shadows before blinking away. And making it all spookier is that the same building also is said to harbor the spirit of a mysterious young woman who likes to whisper into people's ears, and another entity that appears as a pair of blazing red eyes. Are any of these tales based in reality, or... Are we looking at myth and legend intertwined and married to historical fact to the point where the two seem inseparable? What can we say of these tales of hauntings and cursed treasure from the days when pirates stalked the seas? Although there is certainly a sense of urban legend and exaggeration orbiting these cases, they nevertheless are spooky and surreal accounts and a peek into another age when pirates were not just fictional characters, but a real presence to be reckoned with, haunting the seas, perhaps literally. All right, my mates, let's send you off with a few interesting facts about pirates. And don't you forget that September 19th is National Speak Like a Pirate Day. So get your booty, get it, booty, in order, all right? Enough of that. <laughs> Alright, so let's start with the difference between pirates and privateers, because there is a difference. Pirates are criminals who steal vessels, people, and goods on the sea and in coastal areas. Privateers are privately owned ships, hence where the name comes from, that captured sea trade under orders from various governments. For a bonus... Buccaneers were government-sponsored pirate crews that attacked Spanish ships in the Caribbean during the 17th century. Both privateer and buccaneer are considered synonyms for piracy today. The earliest example of recorded piracy is from the 14th century BC in the Mediterranean, with the earliest pirates coming from some of the first nations who used the ocean for commerce. Because, duh, they were ocean-going, right? the Illyrians, the Tyrarians, the Greeks, and the Romans. But the first pirate attack that significantly endangered any country was a pirate attack on Olympus in the 3rd century BC. The most usual origin of pirates was in post-war years when military ships and sailors lost their commissions and turned toward the life of piracy. Because, you know, if the government's not going to pay you, you might as well rob people, right? A pirate who served as the largest motivation for generations of other pirates after him was Henry Every, English pirate who managed not only to capture the largest pirate loot of all time, but he managed to remain free until his death. Not all pirates choose that life because of severe living circumstances. Wealthy Barbadian landowner Stead Bond turned to piracy because... He loved adventurous life, and he was active for a whole year before he was caught and hanged. Most famous pirates during the Middle Ages were Viking raiding parties, because you know I had to bring the Vikings in, that harassed not only the Baltic Sea and England, but traveled and attacked waters and the coast of Africa and Italy. 
piracy in Eastern Asia started around the 9th century AD with the rise of the several wealthy trading ports. Most famous pirate nations of Africa were Barbary Corsairs, who came from ports located in Algiers, Tunis, Tripoli, and Morocco. They would harass Europe so much that they managed to enslave over one million Europeans. That's a story you don't hear very often. Now, a pirate who managed to collect the most treasure was without a doubt Bartholomew Roberts. Is that where they got the Dread Pirate Roberts from Princess Bride? I think it is. I don't know, but I think that's it, and that's what we're going with. Anyways, Bartholomew Roberts successfully captured over 470 sea vessels. Barbary pirates created numerous pirate bases all around Africa, and one of the larger ones was actually on the island of Madagascar, housing more than 1,000 pirates at the peak of their operations in the 17th and 18th century. Now, even though Edward Blackbeard Teach proved to be a formidable pirate during his life, today he is most rem- mostly remembered as the most popular pirate figure in fiction. His exploits were adapted into countless novels, films, and other forms of media. The most accomplished pirate of all time was Henry Morgan. That's right, that's where Captain Morgan comes from. Welsh buccaneer who plundered Spanish ships and coastal ser- cities in, new, in the New World on behalf of the English crown. He was remembered as incredibly ruthless. And most pirates plundered trading ships and ports because of greed. But Black Sam Bellamy was not like that at all. In fact, he called himself the Robin Hood of pirates and has ideological justifications for his pirating deeds. However, his ship was lost in the 1717 storm. Now, in the history of piracy, there weren't many women, but several managed to rise to prominence. Most notably, Anne Bonny and Mary Reed, who served together on a pirate ship. Anne Bonny was in the relationship with pirate Captain Calico Jack Rackham, who was caught and hanged in 1720. While it's known that Mary Reed died in prison from fever, the final fate of Anne Bonny is still not known. Now, the most notorious pirate in the Caribbean was Edward Lowe. He built his notoriety by cruelly torturing his prisoners before killing most of them. The most famous era of pirates happened between 1650 and 1720, when pirates besieged the seas of the Caribbean, the Atlantic, and the Indian Oceans. The majority of pirates during the Golden Age of Piracy were active for only a few years. Now, pirates used every torture device that they could get their hands on, but in all recorded history, they almost never used the wooden plank to force their prisoners to jump to the sea. Most of the people that they wanted to kill were just unceremoniously thrown from the ship. Occurrences of buried pirate treasure were greatly popularized by novelists, but in reality, only two such events were ever verified. One by English Captain Francis Drake, who buried cargo of silver, and pirate William Kidd, who buried his treasure before he knew he would be arrested. He was sentenced to death, and the treasure has never been found. Now, pirates with hook hands, wooden peg legs, and parrots on their shoulders were the creation of the novelists of the 18th and 19th century. The most popular pirate-themed book of all times 
was Treasure Island from 1886 by Robert Louis Stevenson and Peter and Wendy from 1911 by J.M. Barry. The most popular pirates in fiction are Long John Silver, Blackbeard, Captain Hook, and Captain Jack Sparrow. Today, when you hear someone talking with a pirate accent, know that they most definitely did not talk like that. English West Country accent was popularized in Hollywood by the two film performances of an actor by the name of Robert Newton, whose roles of Long John Silver in Treasure Island in 1950 and Blackbeard in Blackbeard the Pirate in 1952, forever changed the romanticized way we look at pirates today. And I'm sorry, but the last pirate fact is very disappointing. But not a single real pirate treasure map has ever been found. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode, and I thank you for joining me here today. I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, or you just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line because I do reply to all emails. And on that note, my darlings... That's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time. And don't forget to celebrate National Talk Like a Pirate Day on September the 19th. Avast me hearties. I shall miss you so. I don't know why I always sound like I'm Irish or something when I do pirates. Sorry guys. See you my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.